James chapter number four, and let's dive in tonight. Appreciate that good singing, and appreciate you being here on a Wednesday night. Our Wednesday nights have been wonderful, and I'm thankful for the the messages we've heard on the family um, the past month. If you missed those, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those. Um, all very wonderful. Josh uh, spoke just a few weeks ago on conflict resolution. Wonderful message. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. And then, of course, last week, uh, Pastor Blankenship being here did a wonderful job. They're all awesome. Um, so I would encourage you to go back and listen to those. Uh, tonight, just for the next three weeks, we won't have Wednesday night, the week of our revival. Um, but we're going to be looking at just a subject, and we're going to come back to this in a few months, on stewarding life. It's going to be very practical. Um, if you're a guest with us or newer to our church, you know that on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, we go expositionally, verse by verse, right through the scriptures. These Wednesday nights, the next couple weeks, are going to be very practical, much more topical, um, but I believe some things that can really help us, um, some things that have helped me. And let's just dive in tonight, James chapter number 4. We're going to look at verses number 13 through 17. We're going to uh, talk through some of this and then really just give you some very practical things. James chapter number 4, and let's begin reading in verse number 13. It says this, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue there a year, <coughs> and buy and sell and get gain. Then verse number 14, very famous verse, a verse we've taught and we've read a lot here. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Verse number 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, it is sin. Let's pray together and we'll dive into this. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you uh, for the cross, as Jason and Matt just sang about. Lord, I uh, thank you that you took our sin, Lord, and our shame. Lord, I thank you that there is a place where it's powerless. And Lord, I thank you for what this week represents. And Lord, I pray that you bless both services on Sunday. Lord, our kids' services, both services at 9 and 10.30 that you'd work and bless there. Father, I pray that you'd bless us tonight, Lord, as we are challenged from your word. Lord, as we learn and grow together. Lord, I pray that you bless our Eufaula students as Pastor Colin preaches down there tonight. Lord, our Eufaula kids in their various classes tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd work all over this property tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd change us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I, I pray for, uh, Lord, the many burdens that are even represented in this room tonight. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Here in our text, and I'm going to teach through the text briefly, and I just want to give you some very practical things. Um, there's some plans that are laid out, and we know there's nothing wrong with planning. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. But here, if you look at verse uh, number 13, there's sp some specific plans that someone's making. And you can, if you were to ask when, when are these plans going to happen, look at your Bible. It's perfectly outlined. It says today or tomorrow. So there's a plan for today or tomorrow. And where is it going to happen? Look at your Bible. It's laid out. So it says, go to ye that say today or tomorrow. That's the when. We will go into such a city. So the where, it says this, a certain place. A such city. And look what they're going to do there. So there's a certain time. There's a certain place. And then there's a purpose here. Look at this. What are they going to do? To sell and get gain. So you could answer the question of these plans here. When? Today or tomorrow, where a certain place, what to do business. These are good plans, man, to do business. I mean, we all should be doing business in the way that God's called us to do it. And then what was the purpose of it here in this text? You can answer the question this, why? And it, to make a profit, 
to get gain. And by the way, if you're in business, that's probably a good thing to do, okay? To get profit. So there's some plans specifically laid out in this text. Nothing wrong with planning. It's a good thing. That's really what we're going to focus on tonight here in just a minute. But I want to show you this his way as introduction before we get in this. Look at verse number 14. Verse we're very familiar with. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. So he says this. You don't know what's. You can plan all you want. But how many of us have figured out you don't know what's on tomorrow? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's coming. For what is your life? What a question that's proposed there. Have you ever just stopped to consider that question for you? What is your life? What is your life? What is the significance of your life? What is the purpose of your life? What is your life? I think that's a good question to ask. And he answers this. Speaking of time, he says, It's a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. It's a morning fog that is here and then it's gone. Life is a vapor that's here for a little time and then it vanished away. And then he says this. So he lays this out. Man, there's some plans. This guy's got some planning. And then James correcting him. There's nothing wrong with planning. However, there's one thing that's missing in the plans. Look at verse number 15. For he should say, are you seeing this? This is right in your Bible. If the Lord will We should do this or that. So those plans are great as long as it's accompanied with if this is the Lord's will. If this is the Lord's will. Because then look at verse number 17. For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, what does it say here? It's sin. You listen, if you if you know what you're supposed to do and you know what you're listen, it is sin. There are things we know to do. And if we do not do them, if we decide not to do them, if we do not have the discipline to do them, it is sin. Now, how many of you figured out, and we're going to talk just about busy life tonight and how we can try to make that a little better. You're going to think I'm nuts by the end of this sermon. But what I want to do is really practically help us a little bit tonight. The things that I'm going to share, some of the principles we're going to share tonight, I've literally shared with staffs, church staffs all over this country. Matter of fact, I think Jason at your business meeting just a few years ago, I shared with all of his top salesmen and and managers the things that I'm going to share with us tonight. And listen, sometimes we can laugh off life. We can think, think things aren't a big deal. We wonder why other people are successful and we're not. We wonder why our lives are a mess and our schedules are a mess and we're stressed all the time. I can just tell you part of it is this. There's people that are doing certain things, and there's other people that aren't. And I just want to give you some tools tonight that I believe can help all of us. Listen, I almost titled this My Busy Life. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to think and raise your hand in your heart. How many of you would maybe say, I just feel too busy sometimes? Don't raise your hand, because I know you're raising it. Or how many of you say, man, I just feel overwhelmed? Anybody felt that way before? Or maybe this, there's just not enough time in the day. Man, I've said that before. Man, I, I, I've said that so many times. Man, so I want to start out by saying this. Life is busy. Life brings different seasons. We, we know that. Is Ecclesiastes chapter number 3? There's a time. And he goes through all those different seasons in life. Now, all of us tonight, even sitting in this room, we're in different seasons. We're not all in the same season. Man, some of us have, uh, some of you have smaller, I, I say some of us, I don't, okay? Some of, some of you have smaller children. Some of you may, children may be out of the house. Some of you might have that in-between stage where they're middle schoolers and they stink and their teeth are too big for their heads. We're all in different seasons, right? I mean, we are all in different seasons of life. So 
what we're going to talk about tonight, I believe, can help us no matter what season we're in. Different times and different seasons. So, to, to start this, there are many things in life that we cannot control. Okay? Freak accidents. We can't control them. Time itself. Don't you wish you could control time itself? But you can try to stop it. You can try to relive it. You can try, but listen, you cannot control time. You cannot control time. There, there's other things you can't control. There's certain unexpected health situations that you may have done everything right. You may have tried and you just can't control it. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I mean, you can't control other people. <laughs> How many of you wish you could? Somebody help me. Some of you are trying to. Let me tell you, that's why you're miserable, okay? But listen, you can't control other people. You can only control yourself. However, what I want to focus on tonight is this. There are many things in life that we can control. There's a lot of things we can't control, but listen to me. There are some things that we can control. Two things specifically I want to mention tonight that we can control. We can control what we do with our time. You control. You may say, no, I don't. My job. No, you control and you decide what you do with your time. The second thing is, you can control who you allow to have your time. We talked about it a lot. If I waste my time, I'm wasting my life. Time is my most precious and valuable commodity. All of us have multiple roles we fulfill, or maybe put it this way, or hats that we wear. Things that we are, you ever feel like you're juggling but you're catching nothing? Or you're spinning all those plates and you got to keep this plate spinning over here. And is it spinning? You're running over here getting this plate spinning. And what ends up happening eventually because you, you don't have more than two hands and you're trying to spin all these plates. What ends up happening eventually? Man, they all come crashing down. I mean, I've been there. I, I talk to people almost every week of my life that are feel overwhelmed with life. They don't have enough time in the day. Emotionally, they would say and they feel that they're unstable depressed, maybe feeling like a failure in roles in relationships. And I'm talking about good people and Christian people. Many times we, and I found myself in these ways when we're trying to figure out these roles, is I mean, we end up in an identity crisis. Asking questions like this, what role at this moment should take priority? How can I stop feeling like a failure? How can I be, maybe, maybe you've asked this question, how can I be a better spouse or a better parent, or a better friend, or a better coworker. So I want us to look tonight and identify four things that I believe can help us make the most of our time to be more successful in the roles that God has given us and has chosen for us. And let me just say this tonight. It's going to be very topical and practical. Don't get mad at me. 52 weeks a year, we work straight through the text, okay? These are some things that are in my heart that I want to communicate to you tonight. Life, and listen to me, life doesn't have to be miserable. Doesn't have to be. Life doesn't have to be stressful. The Christian life especially should be one of peace. Following Jesus should be a life of joy. And I want to identify four things tonight I believe can help us in our roles, our relationships, and to manage our lives and time better. And you're going to, especially on number two, you're going to think I'm nuts as we begin to work through some of this. But here's the thing. I've failed a lot in these areas. And I've learned, listen, I remember uh, about ten years ago, I was scheduled to preach in Las Vegas on a Monday night. 
I was also scheduled to be at our revival at Rosedale on the same Monday night. And Sarah and I had to close on a house on Tuesday morning. Would everybody say that's a schedule failure? That caused some problems. Okay. Um, I had a, I've, had a, I've had more than one time over the last 15, and you guys know the last month for me, I've been gone every week preaching somewhere. Okay, And I've had times where I've told somebody, hey, yeah, I'll be there to preach here. And I've told somebody else, I'll be here to preach there. And guess what ends up happening? Somebody's going to end up getting mad because they've been advertising and telling people, I'm gonna, not that anybody cares, okay, but that I'm going to be there and this and that. And then it ends up causing a lot of problems. There's been times in my life where I've told Sarah, hey, Friday night, guess what, or Thursday night, we're going to supper. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what's going on. But then somebody calls that demands my attention, and then I've got a decision. Is, there, is everybody see what I'm talking about? And then, man, we've got sports kids games. How many, and we don't have to go on to this, but if your kids play sports, you've got practices this night, this night. We've got church stuff here. We've got this thing going on here. We're running around like a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off with no system, with no process. We wonder why we're stressed. We wonder why we can sit down with our spouse and we can't have conversations. We're overwhelmed. We don't want to be around people. We don't feel like being at church. We don't feel like singing. And, and it's like, man, and we start blaming everybody else and putting it on everybody else when it's, can I just say this? It's your fault if that's you. I'm not trying to be mean. I had to figure this out in my life because I was that way. I mean, I had to figure it out that the reason I'm stressed the reason I'm too busy, the reason that I have too much going on, it's nobody else's fault, but guess whose fault it is? It's mine. Man, I was at a point in my life about just nine years ago where I felt like I was winning the world, but I was losing my own soul. We had church on Sunday morning where Sarah and I came from. We had two services just like we do here. But not only do we have two services Sunday morning, we had two Sunday school hours where ours are back-to-back. It was literally four hours in a row. There was a Sunday school, church service, Sunday school, church service. Okay, so it was every Sunday morning. Sunday night, church service, choir practice, just like we do. Monday, in the office all day. Monday night, I had to oversee men's basketball league and had to be there for that. Tuesday, in the office all day. Tuesday night was at visitation. Wednesday morning, we had to be in the office all day. Staff meeting. Wednesday night was church. Thursday, in the office all day. Thursday night, Bible college from 6 to 10. Friday was supposed to be off. I was in the office all day. Saturday morning, we had to be at visitation. And if that's if there's no other activities, doing good things, right? But empty? Miserable? Didn't get to see Caitlin grow up like I should have? And I, if I'm not careful, I would have blamed my boss, but it wasn't his fault because I just felt obligated. He didn't even make me be at all that stuff, but because of self. Is everybody, man, I was finding my identity in those things. Being busy, don't miss this, isn't the same as being productive. Some of the best staff that I've ever had, and uh, listen, when we were at Rosedale, I had over 50 staff members. Listen to me. Some of the best staff I have weren't the busiest. Because there's a lot of people busy doing nothing, doing worthless stuff. Man, it was the ones that were making and being diligent with the time that they had. They learned how to manage their time and their family and their church and in their, in their job. And, and I'm going to talk about some specific tools. You're going to think I'm nuts as we get in this night. But if you can just grab a little bit of this and, and decide to make changes and decide to live like nobody else, you'll live like nobody else. The choice is for every single one of us. And I just want to help you. It's really my heart is to help you because, man, I talk to everybody and we're just so stressed out. And we have no one to blame but ourselves. So the first thing that we have to do, man, if we're going to get a grip on our busy lives, is number one, before we can start figuring out our priorities and really looking at it. And I want to ask you this before you can say, have you ever had sat down actually and looked at all the roles you have, 
looked at what your priorities should be, put them on paper, maybe looked at some tools to help you with them, maybe filter out. You know, we're going to talk about some of that tonight. So the first thing we've got to do, if I'm going to start getting my life together and getting my life in the right direction, listen, the first thing I've got to do is identify my roles. What roles do I have? Now, there's two types of roles you have. There's God-given roles and there's self-inflicted roles, if we can call them that. Those God-given roles are the roles that God's given you, okay? For instance, if you're a man, God gave you that role, you're a man. doesn't matter how you feel. (laughs) If you're a woman, God gave you that role. That's a God-given role. Man and woman. And by the way, in Scripture, as we looked at, I think about four weeks ago, there's specific roles that God's given man and He's given woman. Those are given from God. I mean, if you're a husband or you're a wife, guess what that is? That's a God-given role. If you're a husband, that's a role. That's not what, listen, that's one that God's given you. If you're a wife, that's a one that God's given you. If you're a parent, that's a role or a hat that you've, give, you've been given by God. That's a God-given role. If you're a son or you're a daughter, I mean, that's a God-given role. He speaks much about the roles of the children in Scripture. I mean, if, if, if you're a friend, I mean, that's a God-given role. If you're a minister, which we're all ministers, um, I mean, that's a God-given role. But then there's some other roles, listen, that aren't necessarily, they're God-allowed, but they're not necessarily God-imposed. All right? There are things that he's given us the opportunity to do, given us the giftings to do, but we've chosen them for ourselves, our careers. Man, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that we somewhere along the way chose. Employee, employer. Man, it, maybe you're a coach. Man, that's something that you chose to do. Maybe you have some hobbies. Man, I like hobbies. Those are good. We need them. They're healthy. Listen, those are good things. Man, but they're not God-given roles. Does everybody see the difference? That's something you choose to do. Volunteer roles. Those are things you choose to do. So I want you to do something just real quickly. Maybe an exercise you can do when you leave tonight and get home is actually take out a piece of paper and write down all the roles that you have. Have you ever even considered it? Man, have you ever really thought about all the hat, and you're saying, yeah, my life's chaos. But I'm saying systematically, take out a piece of paper and write down all those roles. Secondly, listen, this next section is, was created, and some of it's stolen from a friend named Carrie Schmidt. Some of it's my own stuff, but it's stuff that's really helped me is this. So after I've identified my roles, man, there's some tools that are very practical that God's given us in this world that can help us. And some of you will laugh and some of you say, oh, I could never do that and all this. And that's fine. You want to keep living in chaos. Every one of us could grab some of these. Um, for instance, our staff, and you're going to think I'm nuts. Every, uh, every uh, October, November, December, they all, for the next two months, create a document that has all their personal goals for the next year on it. The things they want to see. They, they, they write down all their personal goals, all their spiritual goals all their ministry goals, all their family goals. And then at least once a month, we sit down. We have a group of men that get together on Tuesday mornings, and we sit down, and guess what we do? We hold each other accountable for those goals. You know why? Because, listen, that's how, that's how you get better. Man, that's how you grow together. That's how, man, there's accountability there. So you're going to think some of this stuff's crazy that I'm about to say, but I'm just telling you these things will help you if you can even get a grip on a few of them. You've heard this a hundred times. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. 
You say, I don't believe it. Okay, go to your average church and sit through a service. Go to your average activity. Go to your average business. Customer service in the world we live in is absolutely stinking terrible. Right? I mean, we complain about it all the time. People just don't take pride in what they do anymore. Uh, especially since COVID, unfortunately, has really made it even worse. Because it gave people a free pass. I mean, even Chick-fil-A doesn't say my pleasure anymore. Somebody help me. <laughs> Things have changed. I mean, many times you can go in a place. You can go to a church. I was in four churches the last four weeks. I could tell you I, I won't do it because I love these men. But there was one or two that you could walk in. And, man, you could tell that things weren't really prepared. Man, you can tell. Do you know in your life, at your job, in your home, in your life, you can tell and people can tell. And if you don't prepare some things, man, you're setting yourself up for failure. Many of us, this is what we do. We live in emergency mode. Whatever the next thing on our list is that's already out of control, guess what we're trying to get done? We're trying to get that thing. So the goal is to get our lives out of emergency mode. Why? Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.40, Paul says this, and they're specifically talking about the church. Let all things be done, and I believe this verse, okay? Decently and in what? Somebody better help me out tonight. I know this ain't a fun sermon. In order, let some things, let most things, let all things be done decently in order. Let me say this. God is a God of order. God is a God of details. You don't believe me, go read the Old Testament. If you've ever studied creation, if you've ever studied the Old Testament law, if you've ever studied the tabernacle, he is very specific, he is very orderly in all of it. If we make the choice, and if you make the choice, I'm just throwing this out there, if you make the choice not to plan, you are setting yourselves up for failure. This is why. Even when we plan, things are going to go wrong. Right? But when we have a plan, when that emergency comes up, it makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot better. The first step in successfully achieving goals, deadlines, and simply being responsible is to have a, a, a calendar, a project list, and a task list. Most people I know in ministry or even in the business world acquire different tools in order to do this. Understand, it's not just having the tools. Guess what you got to do with them? you got to use them. How many of you, and I don't want to get into all this, how many of you, it's getting close to the first of the year, and you've gone down to Staples? Or I don't know where ladies shop for stuff, but you, you, buy, you, buy, some, you buy some plant. Do you all go to Staples? TJ Maxx? Okay. Wherever they sell calendars and journals and all that stuff. How many, and y'all don't laugh at me because I know for a fact some of y'all sit in this room have done this before. You go buy a calendar, and you go buy this thing, and you're going to keep track of everything this year, and you're going to start this year off good. Maybe this. Maybe you made a plan that you're going to read your Bible every day. Let's just use it. Let's go down the spiritual way. And how many, and so, just so you don't think I'm crazy, because if you failed at this, you need this message tonight. How many of you have ever started one of those? Maybe started doing a calendar, started keeping track, started a Bible plan, and failed at it. I'm raising my hand. Get your hand up. I mean, the Leatherwoods are perfect. Okay, awesome. I kind of figured. I figured that. I figured that. Um, We've all done it. We've all had the tools right there. But those tools are worthless if I don't put them into practice. But here's the thing. If a mechanic that knows what he's doing has the right tools and he works on that car, what's going to happen to that car? It's going to get fixed. If you and I have the tools and we actually use them, guess what's gonna, what's gonna, what it's going to do? Man, it's going to fix some issues. 
it's going to fix some problems. For instance, if you're habitually late, and I'm not trying to be mean to you, but if you're late all the time, I'm just saying that's not a personality thing. It's a character thing. I'm just telling you. We are on time, and we do, and we make time for what we want to do and where we want to be. All right? I know that's mean, but it's just a fact. When you don't show up, listen, when you don't show up for your boss, or you don't, if somebody shows up to my office for a meeting and they're 15 minutes late, you know what they're telling me? They could care less about my time. They don't know that there's another person coming in in 30 minutes. And what ends up happening, and we have dentists that could talk about this. We have mechanics that could talk about this. We have nurses that could talk about this. We have teachers in here that could talk about this. One person that doesn't give a flip about somebody else's time, guess what it does for the rest of the day? It messes everybody else's day. When, so just we've got to think in those terms. Uh, one of my, and the staff hates this, and they've heard this before. If you're, on time, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time... You're late. If you're late, it is unacceptable. It's just something to think about. And I want you to just encourage yourself to evaluate, man, where am I with that? Man, how do I do with that? Listen, and sometimes we could laugh. I mean, I know guys, and, and I know some high-level men in ministry and in the business world, this, if a person's late for an interview, it's not even a possibility for them getting hired. Not even a possibility having a conversation. Man, if someone doesn't say thank you for a meal that's purchased for them, it's just those small courtesies that say, hey, I respect you. Man, your time is important to me. So the first thing I would encourage you to do if you're not using one right now, I know this is going to sound crazy, is to begin to use a calendar. Get a calendar. Now, you know, not everybody does things digitally, right? I get that. There's people that, man, I have friends that, man, they're not going to be able to figure out a Google calendar if their life depended on it, Right? But you know what? Some of them are very organized, and they do a really good job. they got a paper counter. We have to figure out for us what works, but we got to do something, okay? So the first thing we've got to have is a calendar. And you know what that is? It's a visual of all the time-related appointments and commitments. Basically, you know what that calendar is used? If, if, you, have a, if you have finances and you're successful with them, you're going to have a budget, right? You're going to know what your bills are. You know what your income is, and you're not going to know what your outgo. The reason right now some of us are in, we're in the red and not in the black on our calendar and on our time is because we're not budgeting our time. Just like with your finances, if you don't keep track and make sure you're living, here it is, off of a surplus. With your time, if you're not living off of a surplus, I can just tell you right now, you're going to be miserable. If I don't put stuff on paper, you know what I end up doing? Saying yes to stuff I have no business saying yes to. Committing to things that I have no business committing to. And when all my time is spent, I'm broke. Right? If you spend all your money because you didn't budget well, what happens? Man, you're going to be bankrupt. You know your time is the same way. That's why it's important to budget your time. You ever maybe committed to something at church or committed to something at the school to volunteer or man, committed somewhere and then you realize you had this other thing over there and then you realize, oh, uh, Sister Susie's birthday party's over here and Aunt Nancy's hamster's got to, we got to go take it to the doctor over here. and You got all this stuff that ends up where if you just simply had something on your phone or in your pocket that lists all the stuff you have to do on the day you have to do it, guess what ends up happening? You don't end up supposed to be in Las Vegas, Baltimore, and closing on your house at the exact same time, Right? And how simple would that have been when that person called me? Oh, let me check my calendar real fast. Oh, I'm already supposed to be, we're having a revival at our church. I can't preach yours. Uh, we're also closing on a house the next morning. It's on my calendar. Just something to think about, something to consider. And I'm not saying you have to. It doesn't mean your spirits are not spiritual. I'm just saying it might relieve a little bit of stress for you. The second thing 
under this, and, and I know this is, this one's not as, uh, this tool isn't as uh, necessarily needed as it once was because you have a cell phone and it's all in there, but just a central place that all your contacts go into. I can't tell you how many times I'll have people ask me for an email or ask me for a phone number or somebody they've known for like 20 years. Can I just teach you something really simple and helpful? I know y'all are hating this sermon. This ain't really even a sermon. This is teaching tonight. But, man, when somebody texts you or calls you, this is really, this is, this will, this is groundbreaking. Hit the info button. Put their name in it. And hit save. And guess what you'll have forever? Their phone number and their name. And then put their last name in. Don't organize it by first names, okay? That's just wrong, all right? That's all I'm saying. But a contact list. I know that's not as big a deal as it was 10 years ago. And then this last one I want to talk about. And this is the one where you're going to get mad at me and you probably are never going to do this. But those of you that do, Matt, will this last one help you? Matt, Matt, very busy guy. And he's put this in place the last two years and it's helped him. Is having a project list and a task list. Having a project list and a task list. Not that you just write down, but that you work it every single day. So if I were to ask you, what's the difference? And if you set one of my classes on this, do not answer this. What's the difference between a project or a task? Don't answer me yet. But when you think about it, what's the difference? Why would I need a project list and a task list? What's the difference to it? So let me just give you an example. If I were to say this, I need to go get my tires changed. And if you already know the answer because you've been in one of my small groups that we talked about this, or if I need to go get my, t- my tires changed, is that a project or a task? Somebody tell me what you think. Okay, it's a task. Is that what you think? Okay. So in order to get my tires done, what do I got to do? I got to make an appointment. I got to find out what kind of tires I want. I got to shop around. I got to drive there on the day of the appointment. I've got to pay them. Is that a task or a project? That's a project. Because why? Anything with more than one step is a project. And this is where people get overwhelmed. Because let's, say, let's take it on a bigger scale. You're planning a big event for the church. And if all you focus on is that one big task, you're overwhelmed. Man, you can never get it done. But if you list all the steps that it takes to get it done, guess what you can do? You can knock out one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Anything, and this is something to get in your head, anything that takes you more than one step is going to be a project. And that's where we mess up a lot of times. I know the tires, man, that seems like a small thing, but many of those things are huge. And you know what we end up doing? We see this huge thing that we got to do. You can ask Matt because he plans a lot of our stuff here, and it can be overwhelming. If he's a look at Easter Sunday, and he just keeps looking at that Easter Sunday project over and over and over again, what are you going to want to do? Go nuts. But if he's looking, and we live six months out, which I won't even get into all that, but if, if Matt looks each week at the four or five things that he can get done that week, guess what happens by the time Easter gets there? Is that thing as overwhelming, Matt? No. You know why? Because you can knock out all those tasks one at a time. And guess what ends up getting done then? That Easter project. But what we'll do is we'll focus. I've got to get the tires changed. I've got to get the tires changed. I don't call around for prices. I don't set an appointment. If you don't call around for prices, number one, you're going to lose money. If you don't set an appointment, you're going to sit there for all day. You see what I'm saying? Man, so I need a project list and a task list. A project list is a list of all those big projects with the tasks that it takes to complete it listed underneath. So just something to think about. And you don't have to buy into it. I'm just trying to help you a little bit with your time. Man, the difference between a project and a task. The last one, and then we're going to move on to some more practical stuff before we go, is this. An information system, a place to file other information I need access. You ever had somebody say, hey, man, can you pray for me? Have you ever had anybody say that at church? Or, hey, can you give me a call this week? I can't tell you how many times somebody said, Jake, will you call me this week? Oh, yeah, man, I'll call you. 
I mean, I sit out on this porch Sunday, Sunday mornings, and this is, I get two questions. Like, hey, can you give me a shout this week? And can you pray for this this week? So I used to find myself saying yes, and then guess what? Never happened. <laughs> yeah, brother, I'll pray for you. Anybody, am I the only one that's ever done that? No? Okay. So what I started doing, and I'm no pro this. I'm just telling you some things that helped me. When I get information like that, man, I needed a place to put it all so then I can filter through it. So I just got on my phone, and when somebody says that, put that in there. Man, put that in there. Put that in there. And then reviewing that regularly, putting that into my task list and my projects. I just want to try to give you some ideas to help you with your time. If you're stressed all the time, these are just some small things. You say, oh, I don't believe you. I'm just telling you right now, they will help you if you decide to do it. And I know people, I hear, this is the one I always hear, and I love hearing this. Oh, I'm old school. I do it the way I want to do it. Okay, that's cool. Do it the way you want to do it. Just being honest. I'm just telling you some small things that have really helped me because I was a stressed out, angry person. Man, I had a moment so much overwhelming in Baltimore one time. I'm sitting in the basement. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I don't even feel like doing this anymore. And I was serving Jesus, man. We were seeing a great church built. 2,000 people, God doing an amazing work. And Jason, I didn't even feel like being there because I was so overwhelmed. And that's where God taught me, hey, I've given you gifts. I've given you tools. Man, if you'll just put a little work on the front end, it'll save you a whole lot of work on the back end. It's not a fix-all because things come up. But this is what it helps us to do. When we're working by a project list, task list, and a calendar, we get ahead. And then when emergencies come up, guess what? We're already ahead, so we can step aside. And those things that we're working on are emergencies, and we can take care of these things. And I meet people all the time that it's always an emergency. Whatever they're doing at that moment is an emergency. So just something to think about tonight is this. Man, identify your roles. Maybe go home tonight and write them down. Secondly, identify what tools work for you. We have a slew. I could give you, I'm going to give you some resources. There's books. Man, there's computer programs, and I know you're not all, in, all into that. Hey, how about, some of us would start with a notebook, a spiral notebook, where we just keep everything. Not five of them. One place where it goes. We use a program here called Things. You can buy it on your iPhone. It's awesome. It does a lot for you. Um, our information system dumping place is a program called Evernote. Man, it literally takes screenshots. You can speak into it. Uh, your emails can go into it. That's our information system. Those are just some ideas, man, to help us live. So here's the thing. we got to have a plan, whatever it is. If it's a steno notepad and a yellow notepad, legal pad, whatever it is, have a plan, have a task list. Listen, and here's the thing. you got to work it. you got to review it every single day. First thing that we do corporately and individually, is, man, we go over that project list, we go over that task list. Man, we look at it. Man, we look at what, what does it need to do. Um, so just think about it. You've got to review it daily. And then complete my plan, and guess what you do once you've completed it? With your next stuff, you repeat it. Eventually, guess what will happen? If you put the work in, that stuff will start happening naturally in your life. You don't even think about it. You don't even think about it. You get in, wherever you go to work, whatever you do for your day, you, you get up, and that's just what happens. But here's the thing. It's all of decisions we have to make. I'm not saying everybody needs a task list. I'm not saying everybody needs a project list. I'm not, what I'm saying is we all need to have some way that we live deliberately because if we don't manage our time, someone else will. If you don't manage your time, somebody else will. Time, we already said this, what is it? It's our most precious commodity. You can't be replaced and you can't get it back. The third thing, and this is the end tonight is this. I need to identify steps I need to take to put my priorities in order. Once I've looked at these hats, looked at my schedule, identify steps I need to take to put my priorities in order. A couple verses I wrote down I want to talk to you for a minute. Matthew 6.33 we know it. But seek ye what? First the kingdom of God and 
All these things shall be added unto you. And you've heard me teach this. What are these things? We read that verse all the time, but we never go back and put it in context. Let me tell you what they are. Matthew 6, the verses reading up to it. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? That means this. You can't make yourself taller. And why take ye thought for raiment? Why are you worried about your clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today or tomorrow, is cast into the oven, he shall not he, he, much more clothe you, O ye little faith. Therefore, take no thought of saying, what shall we eat? And going on and on. He's saying this. Listen, if we seek God first, he's going to take care of our clothes. He's going to take care. Man, he's got to be the priority. So we understand our one role as a follower of Jesus, that cannot be eliminated. That must be first. And let me just encourage you tonight, church, don't make your walk with Jesus take backseat to anything. Nothing. Nothing is more important than your walk with Jesus. Hey, sometimes, again, let me say, your sleep is not more important than walking with Jesus. I had to personally make an adjustment in my sleep so that I made sure that I had time with the Lord every single day. Sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes me to get out of my comfort zone. Man, but here's what I found out. The things we want to have time for, guess what? You guys know. We'll have time for it. Man, I've got to look at my roles. I've got to examine and write them down from top to bottom. What is most important? I need to identify anything I can cut out. When's the last time you just cut something out? Think about these. Maybe some time wasters. You got any time wasters in your life? Huh? Y'all know where I'm going with this one already. I, it's the same one I've got a lot of times. First thing I do, if I sit down and I've got 10 seconds to think, what do we? Looking for our phone. Sarah, get on to me. Man, I've, I've tried to discipline myself when we're sitting at the table. When it's me and her sitting at the table. Man, I remember one night we were in a restaurant. We look across and there's an entire family, even the old people. Is that politically correct? Probably not. But guess what everyone was doing? Whole family in public. A bunch of idiots. But then you know what I caught myself doing? After sitting down for about five minutes. And when I'm talking to a person, and I'm really trying to work on this in my life. I know this is a struggle. I'm not trying to be funny here. But when I'm looking at that thing, and somebody else is in front of me, what I'm saying is what on, what's on this is more important than my time with you at this moment. And listen, that's a terrible way to live. Listen, I've got to cut out some things. Um, one of the things that's awesome on the newer phones is this. You can set your screen time. I've talked about this. I know I'm, I know I'm meddling, and this is harder preaching than a lot of times you're going to hear, honestly. Because this is stuff that's affecting most of us in this room. What if I told you to pull out your phone right now and let's throw your screen time up on the screen? What would it say? I wouldn't want you to see mine. That's tough. Some of us, and I'm just telling you, there's been days in my life where I didn't read my Bible, but I checked Facebook. Is it all right if I'm transparent with you a little bit? Hey, there's been times where I didn't read my Bible like I should have, but I, God knows I was on Twitter wanting to see the preachers arguing with each other. Because our flesh likes that stuff. So, you know, I've got to think about that. Man, maybe I need to. Is social media a bad thing? No, it's an awesome thing. It's a great tool. But just like any tool, if it's abused in the wrong context, it can be a terrible thing. Man, it's helped our church in a lot of ways. But, man, if I'm not careful, I can get sucked into it. So I have to govern myself. One of the things that I've done is, and I've shared this with you before, is that Facebook and Twitter are on my phone. Because if I sit down and I look, guess what's going to happen? If I sit down right now, before I walk out those doors, you can come up, Matt. Don't start playing yet. I'll start, guess what I'll do? And you already say, I'm not, I'm not beating you up. I'm saying I'm the same way. So I had to take it off. 
Because I knew if I did it, guess what would happen? I sit there like a stinking zombie. And there's other things. Maybe that's one that would be good to cut out a little bit. How about this? Maybe there's some people. Some people can be time wasters in your life. Think about that. Man, I've had a, had a person one time, and I had a pastor's heart. Man, you want to help people so much. But man, sometimes after a while, after they beat you up for three and four years, then they disappear on you. You know? It hurts. It's hard not to get a hard heart sometimes. I mean, we've all had friends that were idiots, right? Anybody else? I mean, all mine are, okay? Somebody help me. I had to turn, I got up here to preach, and my iPad's blowing up with stupid text messages because I'm in church and they're all turkey hunting. I'm talking about preachers skipping church tonight. Just kidding. Man, people. All right, so some practical advice I want to give you, and we're done. What time is it? My screen's out in the back, Philip, so I don't have no, I have no idea what time it is. We got four minutes. Some practical advice real quickly. And I hope you'll come back. Next week we're going to talk about one that's even worse, about stewarding and managing my anger. So I know, I know you're, okay. And we're going to talk about that next week. So some practical advice, just some things. Is it all right if I just share a couple things that help me? And I know we've already been over them. These are very practical ones. The first one is one of the things I had to do is develop a morning routine. Because what I was doing, my alarm would go off, and I would set it, my alarm too late, and I would be right out the door, and my day would be miserable. Then I started, I'm just telling you, I got a morning routine. I get up an hour earlier than I used to. It gives me a chance to read my Bible, do some other things, go through a process, then get out of the door so I'm not just running out the door with a foggy head. Some of us are miserable. We're making people we work with miserable because we can't get our tails out of bed, okay? Develop a morning routine. Know what you're going to do. Sit down and write it down on paper. Have you ever taken thought of that? Like, what do I do in the mornings? Something to think about. Another thing I did, and I'll give you a book about this, and you're going to think this is crazy, habit tracking. So for the last six months, um, each month, the first day of the month, I'll write down about 10 things I want to try to do every single day. And I have all the day trip bio. My staff knows it. They've seen it. It's part of my accountability. And it'll have different practical things. I'll share some with you. Like there's less than an hour on social media. That's what I'll box is right now. Um, read and pray, first thing that's on there. Um, health things are on there. I had uh, Sarah actually saw one. And once you've accomplished it, you take it off because it's become a habit. I had Hug Sarah every single day on there. She found one of them today as she was cleaning. And she says, why isn't Hug Sarah on here anymore? And uh, it's because it's a habit. Okay? But it's to, it's, to get you for, it's to get you just to think about some things you want to do. My other ones are morning reading. I try to do 20 to 30 minutes in the morning reading and, and in the evening. Don't always do it, but I try to. End of the month, I can look at that paper. The boxes are filled in for each one. I have a friend in Chicago that we, we trade these with. We look at them to hold each other accountable. Um, just something to consider. Um, how about this one? Stop procrastinating. Anything I can get done in less than five minutes, just get it done and mark it off your list. You ever had something on your list? It's like, this, is, this is where I'm the worst. It says, call so-and-so. And it'll just sit there, and it'll just sit there, and it would literally take 30 seconds to pick up that. Now, there's some people I know that it won't. Okay, now it's going to move to the bottom. Somebody help me. But if you know it's a quick question or something, pick it up, get it taken care of. Uh, you know, if it can be done in less than five minutes, just get it done and mark it off. If you begin to do that, you'll start feeling like you're getting something accomplished. We get a lot more accomplished than we think we do in a day, by the way. Simplify. What do I need to cut out? What is not important to the Lord and me? Is there some stuff that just doesn't matter? Cut it out. How about this? Take care of yourself physically. Try to do something to get yourself up. Um, this is one that I struggle with, is get enough rest, get enough sleep. Say, oh, I just, you know, you, man, we need it. We need rest. Um, Bible reading plan and prayer journal. If you don't have some sort of systematic, I'm not, and I know you won't find it in the Bible where it says, have a Bible plan, you know. If I don't have a plan for my Bible, 
and I'm just randomly going through there. I'm just telling you, I'm not as consistent. Um, with the technology, with the resources we have, there's no reason we can't have one. They'll, your phone will read the Bible to you. <laughs> have some sort of plan. And it's awesome because if you use the Uversion app, it keeps track of your streaks for you. You can see how many days in a row you read. It'll keep track of your completed plans for years in a row. Maybe you're old school and you, you want to have, you can get on the computer and print out a plan and check it off every single day. Man, do something systematically to work through the scripture. Those are just a few things. A couple of recommended resources if you care at all about learning. I know some of you are like, dude, I'm never coming back to this church again after tonight. Um, three books that uh, I've read that have really just helped me as a person who, in a, listen, who struggled. The reason I'm teaching this tonight, because this is stuff I struggled with, and I just want to share it with you. Um, is getting things done by a man named David Allen. It's kind of the standard in the business world for, for task list, project list. The next one that uh, Pastor, uh, no, Pastor, yeah, Pastor Stu gave me this one uh, about two years ago, really helped me, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by Comer. And then the last one I just read that was very helpful. Did y'all read this, Atomic Habits? Did y'all read it? Atomic Habits by James Clear. Just talks about creating the right habits. Because here's the thing, we all, y'all know we all have habits. And you, we all have routine. Here's the difference. Some of us have stopped and kind of put on paper and looked at what our habits and our routine are. So we all have them. We, you all have a routine. If you're lazy, your routine's probably going to be lazy. Okay? But you probably do. Here's the thing. You do the same thing every day. You're lazy every day. You go to the same thing. You do the same thing. But, man, consider it. Look down. Not everybody has to be same on this. But everybody should have something. Man, to live, living deliberately. Wouldn't it be a shame for God to give you 60, 70, 80 years on this life and for you to waste it? Doing nothing? Wouldn't that be a shame? Wouldn't it be a shame to live life miserable? And why is it that Christians that I meet so often are some of the most miserable people in the world? Too busy? No joy? No hope? No peace? Now I understand there's a lot of things you can't control. <laughs> but there's a whole lot you can. And I just want to challenge you. Maybe tonight you're mad at me after this message. I say this. Good. Change. Change some things. I need to. Maybe tonight you need to make a decision. You know what? Social media ain't for me. It's affecting me mentally. I need to stop looking at it because I'm comparing. And it hurts sometimes because we compare. You've heard it. We compare somebody else's highlight reel with our cruddy life. Or we're reading everybody else's complaints, politics, and issues, and conspiracy theories, which are just prophetic events. Somebody help me tonight. All I'm saying is just evaluate it. We asked the question at the beginning, this question, what is your life? Your calendar will tell us that. Your schedule will tell us that. Your time will tell us that. Your budget will tell us that. Something just to consider tonight is living life on purpose. You don't have to do it how I do it. You don't have to do it how Matt does it. You don't have to do it anybody else do it. Find your groove. I love what Jesus said. I love it. I think it's John 10. Live life and live it abundantly. I don't know about you. I want to live abundant life. Don't you? I want to enjoy life. Man, I want to enjoy time with my family. Man, so just something to think about. Let's pray tonight. Do we have any other announcements? Are we good? Let's pray tonight. and Maybe just pray it through in your heart tonight. Father, we love you, Lord. I thank you for, Lord, just experiences and practical advice, Lord, about planning. And, Lord, I'm thankful that uh, some wise men shared much of what I shared tonight with me. I thank you for those teaching moments in my life, Lord, where Lord, where I struggled, and I struggled bad um, with time and with planning and 
Lord, with living too busy of a life, with, Lord, feeling strung out and feeling like, I, Lord, I was going in so many directions. God, I pray that first of all, we'd be focused on you, Lord, our first role. Lord, a follower of you. Lord, as, Lord, as we lead our families, Lord, maybe some dads need to just make a recommitment to spend time with our kids and maybe to date their wife once again. Lord, to make things a priority. Lord, you know what I'm talking about tonight and encouraging. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. In your name we pray. Amen. One thing and I'll dismiss. We got, I got to wear, for me, I even, I know this sounds nuts, but I wanted to make sure me and Sarah would have a date or we'd get together. Guess what we do? If you don't plan it, you don't put it on your calendar, guess what ain't going to happen? It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Life's busy. Man, so I just want to encourage. I know different message tonight. I just felt led. I wanted to share that with you all. Love you all. Thank you all for being here at 9 and 1030 for Easter services. We'll see you Sunday morning.